Welcome to the MetPro Method Podcast. I'm your host, Crystal O'Keefe. Today, I'm joined by MetPro coach, Jesse Davis, and we will be discussing behavior change and how it can play a role in reaching your fitness goals. Jesse, thank you so much for joining me today. Hello, thank you for having me. Excited, this is a good topic. (laughs) (laughs) It is. I am super curious to hear the answers to some of the questions I have for you. So I guess with that, we will dive in. Why do you think it's important to have a conversation about behavior change when we're discussing fitness goals? Yes, good question, right? When it comes to anything in life that we're trying to do better, uh, looking at those behaviors is a good place to start. So really changing, when we look at changing an outcome, we want to change a result, right? We're looking at fitness, we're looking to get faster, we're looking to get stronger, we're looking to get leaner. That's a change, that's contrast, That's we want to be something different. And so that's where change begins is with action. And so that's where that behavior change can be pivotal. So as a MetPro coach, how can you help people change their behavior? Yeah, that is definitely the question of the hour. (laughs) That is what we do as MetPro coaches. (laughs) We can definitely tell them how to eat right and tell them what to do for exercise. But the real meat and potatoes of coaching is behavior change. It is creating an environment where they feel their goals are attainable and that they can change the way that they view their lifestyle. So that's kind of what we do. So we start small, right? What are they doing well? And then we just kind of build on, on setting goals towards their vision, that person that they want to be. And sometimes they can accomplish one goal at a time. (laughs) Sometimes people can accomplish two goals at a time. So it's really just dependent on their level of availability and motivation to really know what, how many things they can put on their plate. (laughs) So when it comes to making your goals happen, regardless of what type of goal it is, does that mean that every goal we're trying to achieve, it requires some kind of behavior change? Am I hearing that correctly? That is a very good question. If I had to think about the answer to that, I would have to say yes. I would have to think, I would, I can't think of a, an area where that wouldn't be the case, right? If we want to change the outcome, we have to change the behavior. So I'm going to go with a yes, Crystal. <laughs> Sorry for putting you on the spot there, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> if I have to make a retract, I'll let you know. <laughs> okay, fair yeah, enough. <laughs> so when it comes to helping people change their behavior, like are there certain, are there specific methods that you have to help people change? Yes, definitely. I mean, in the psychology world and and the behavior change world, there's a whole world of people that work with behavior change. There are several different methods. And so it's really just as a client, they don't know anything about any of the methods. They just know that their coach is asking the right questions and hopefully getting the right answers and getting them to start thinking about their goals and, and what they need to accomplish. So usually I would say the first method I would use or that I'm that I'm asking my questions towards is really their readiness to change. Because if I'm going to just try to jump in on behavior change and I'm going to tell them stop drinking their wine, but they're not even ready to stop drinking their wine, that behavior is never going to change. So we have to really dive into first that readiness and hearing, do they say out loud the good and bad? Are they aware of whatever that habit is, whatever that behavior is that they're doing that they want to change? Are they even talking about it? Do they know that some of it's good, some of it's bad? That's like step one. And then that comes into their own awareness, right? So let's just use smoking, okay? A lot of people smoke. They know they shouldn't smoke, good versus bad, right? 
And then they have to actually internalize that and say, well, how does that impact me? Why do I care if it's good and bad? Because if they just say, oh, yeah, that's good and bad, and they never even break that barrier of making it self-aware that they do that behavior, that change is never going to happen because they don't even know that they have that behavior. Understanding, are they talking about themselves or are they talking about the world? Oh, smoking so bad. I can't believe people smoke. I know I do, but I just can't believe other people do. It's just so interesting because you would think if somebody is signing up for something like MetPro that signals, hey, I'm ready to make a change of some kind. Um, But I guess that's not always the case, is it? That's right. It's not always the case. And it looks differently. So maybe I would agree with everybody that signs up to get a coach and wants to be healthier and, and eat better and exercise. That intention is there. The intention is they know they can't keep doing what they're doing but they haven't quite got to that next step yet. So they don't really know what they're going to have to change. If they know they're going to have to change something, but they haven't really thought about it. And maybe that's why we're here. And some of our clients, they'll come to us, they'll figure out what they need to change and they don't want to. And they love us and say, you're awesome, Jesse. And thank you. And I'm going to stick with these habits. <laughs> and that's okay because that they have a complete control. And that's what we want to bring that self-awareness to. Just know what you're doing and then make that decision. Don't judge other people for doing it. I don't care what other people are doing. I care what you're doing. Do you care what you're doing? And having that more internal talk versus an external talk. So again, like you said, most people that are going to come to us are going to be slightly closer to the readiness, but there are probably more than one thing they need to change. And they probably are thinking, oh, I'll change this and this, but I'm not ready to change that and that. So that's usually where the coaching comes in as we start asking questions and we're like, okay, well, where are you at? What are the things that you want to be better in? Then they list these things. Then you can kind of pay attention in here. What are the things that they already know or that they're ready to change? And what are the things that they're still contemplating, right? There's still that readiness just isn't there yet. I'm going to start over here and then eventually we'll move in that direction. So you bring up so many things that that make me have additional questions. So sorry, I'm going to put you on spot again. So... <laughs> But when I hear all this, I like I think of myself, I put myself in this position. And whenever I first started MetPro, I kind of felt like, okay, so if somebody just told me what to eat, I'd be good. And that is true to an extent. But it took me a really long time to realize that I have issues where I still eat emotionally. And so even though I know I shouldn't, and even though I know it's bad, there are still days that like totally the emotion wins and I go ahead and do it. So I guess my question is, are there other people that like when they sign up or when they're going through this process, do you think that people generally know I need to change behaviors to get where I want to go? Or do you think that sometimes people aren't aware and they kind of need to be gently led there? Yeah, I think that we get the whole walk of life. I think we get them from both ends of the spectrum and of the spectrum. But I definitely there will be clients that come in and they really think they're doing everything right. And they really think they're doing everything right. And maybe they sign up maybe because they want justification that they're doing everything right. But in our world, there's always room for progress. There's always room for change. There's always room to evolve. So if you, you come with that fixed mindset, behavior change is going to be impossible because you don't, you don't see change as beneficial. So it is definitely a conversation that, again, is had right at the beginning because you got to get that buy-in. You got to say, okay, what we do as coaches is change behavior. Are you ready to do that? That's not what we say directly, but that's what we're doing. 
<laughs> yeah, no, that's a great point. I also kind of want to point out again, we're not necessarily just talking about losing weight. A lot of people might view MetPro as, oh, it's a weight loss program. But you mentioned earlier all kinds of goals that people could have, like increasing their running speed or potentially changing their body composition or I mean, there's like a million different things it could be. So it, it's not necessarily just losing weight. And I think that sometimes the the frank conversations that we get to have as coaches is what helps people realize that if you have this goal of like changing your body composition, there are these other things you're going to need to do. You may never have even considered. There's a lot of things and I will tell you, if somebody can feel emotionally connected to that behavior, to that change, to that willingness of wanting to run better or faster or, you know, lift more, that emotional charge, that emotional energy, that's the motivation. That's, what it, that's what's going to keep them going. If they don't feel any emotion inside of themselves towards that behavior that they're doing, that's what we call ambivalent. You're just kind of, you know what you do, you know the pros and cons, but you haven't quite made it to the heart yet. So that's what we're looking for. When people are ready to change, they're going to have that emotional connection to that goal. And then we're going to set the goals and then we're going to fail at those goals. We're going to have those bad days where we eat everything in sight, you know, and it's going to be like, oh man, does this mean I'm never going to be successful? Of course not. Does that mean that you're going to relapse? Probably. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like it's just the way that we have to be more realistic. If we can be realistic, then we can move forward. If we set unrealistic goals, then, you know, set for failure. Totally. And how do you as a coach know, how can you pinpoint when somebody genuinely has a quote unquote behavior that needs to be changed versus they had a a bad moment? Mm -hmm. I do like that one because, you know, like talking back to the relapse, right? It's just like, well, was it one night? Was it one day? Was it a week? Was it a month? You know, and that's really where you have to become aware If it's just one day, if it's just one meal, if it's just one workout, if it's just one, you know, blimp on the radar, then it's probably not going to be a big deal. And that's why you want to look at trends. You want to look at consistency and behaviors over time. It's not just like, oh, I was perfect today, so I should lose weight tomorrow. (laughs) We all know that doesn't happen. (laughs) We'd be perfect for a week, right? (laughs) So over time, (laughs) if we're like, well, gosh, I've noticed that I told myself I wasn't going to have ice cream this week, that my goal was I wasn't going to have any ice cream this week. And then my husband went and bought ice cream, put it in the refrigerator. I made it all the way till Friday. And then I had a scoop of ice. Does that mean that that goal was not successful? Right. Absolutely not. Right. Right. I would say, oh, no, let's break it down. Well, let's give it a percentage. Well, if you had seven nights and seven opportunities and you had one of seven that you didn't succeed in, well, then gosh, you're you're way better off than you were seven out of seven, (laughs) you know? So I think that's more of the mindset to have and to coach through and to be like, Hey, get back on the wagon. I'm sure you guys hear that all the time from your coaches if you're Metro on a, on a roster. So it, you know, it's just, it's not about the blimp in the radar. It is really about the trends. It is about the the data that we get and we'll throw those one off out because they don't matter. Yeah. And I guess it's interesting. I find people fascinating, myself included, that it's just like the things that we ask for help with are not always the things we actually need help with. Do you run into that? (laughs) What a great observation it is. And that comes back to that readiness. So when people are asking for help, it's because they've already done the contemplation in their head. They've already weighed out all the things that they want to change. And they're like, okay, here, this is going to be the easiest. Let me start here. 
or this is what I'm ready to change. And whether they consciously are aware that they did that or not, that's what they did. And so they're coming to you with one thing that they want to change. And you're like, okay, that's not what you need to change. <laughs> but what that means is that if they can successfully change that behavior, it's going to build their self-efficacy. It's going to build that, that self-motivation that's going to say, oh, if I can do that, I bet I can do something else. What's the next thing I'm ready to, to accomplish? So it really is just starting where somebody's willing to change and seeing how they do and what their struggles are and then just really moving forward at their own pace and not comparing themselves to everyone around them. Well, that's a great method in and of itself, just working on you versus you, not you versus other people. <laughs> Always a good reminder. <laughs> yes, it is. How do you get buy-in from people when you spot a behavior they need help with, but they haven't seen it yet? Yeah. Well, gosh, that's a good question. To be honest with you, there's so many things that we can improve on and change. I'm usually finding somewhere we can meet in the middle. So if I, I, I cannot think of a client where I said in my head, gosh, they are really way off course and they really need to just focus on this and not on that. Um, because I do believe it all bleeds together. And I think that if they can feel really confident in whatever it is that they're willing to change, that's going to help us next time. That's going to help us on the next goal. So, you know, even if, you know, like take a great example, somebody wants to lose weight. They love working out. They work out all the time. Their workouts are not the problem. <laughs> it is the food that they eat. So when I get them on the phone, I want to talk about food. I don't want to talk about workouts because that's not the problem. But they want to talk about workouts because they love workouts. <laughs> and those are their favorite things in the world. <laughs> yeah. How do I coach through behavior change in food when their head isn't even around it, right? So what I try to do, if this is the example, I'm going to try to leach the food into his world of fitness. So it'll be like a subconscious, like, oh, how was your workout today? How'd it feel today? What did you eat before your workout? Oh, what'd you eat after your workout? How'd the fuel feel? You know, and I'm really actually talking about the fuel for his workout. And that happens to be the food that's on plan. And was it on plan or was it off plan? Is he doing what he needs to do or is he not? And then being able to set those goals for his food based on his exercise. Right. And so it's like, oh, well, since this is what you're doing this week and this is what your body's feeling, it's really important that you do this and this and this for your nutrition. I'm not telling him, you know, the background that he has to change his behavior or anything like that. In his head, he's thinking, I want to do better at my fitness. I want to do better at my fitness. She's telling me if I eat better, I can do better at my fitness. So in his mind, he might not even be aware his behavior change is really food based. He might be thinking, oh, it's fitness based. Like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I would say that's probably how I squeeze in my gold, if you will. Sneaky. Uh, and they still can have their gold. Sneaky, <laughs> sneaky Jesse. No, actually, I. in all I seriousness. Hope, hope none of you are listening out there. <laughs> all of your clients are going to be like, wait, she's talking about food. Well, How did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I love that because love it. it's also a form of motivating them intrinsically, which I think is what you were kind of saying back at the beginning about like if they don't feel it emotionally then they're not going to be able to make mm -hmm. the behavioral change so you're linking it to something that is motivating to them and so that is super super smart and something that we can tell ourselves all day long but sometimes is really difficult to do i think that that's one of mm -hmm. those things where a coach is so just absolutely critical 
is doing the outside thinking and making us think about things in different ways and pushing us in ways we don't expect because that allows us to try new things without feeling as vulnerable or as like, I have to link food to my workouts so I can make this change. Like that becomes a struggle in my head when I say that I'm going to do that for myself. But when I hear you say this is what we should do, I'm like, that's a great idea. You know? <laughs> I do. <laughs> That's why it's always better to have a team. <laughs> Absolutely. We work better as pairs. It does. But okay, what else do you think? Like, is there anything else we've missed that people would be helped by knowing about behavioral change? Yeah. So I was thinking, so a few tips that you can start thinking, right, about just kind of where am I at? Where do I even start? So we can't think about behavior change until we have created a vision for ourselves. So I'm sure that many of you out there have heard of the vision boards or the dream boards, or, you know, you go and you cut things out of papers and, or news magazines, you know, all that old school (laughs) arts and crafts, you know, and you put a dream board up of all the things that you want your life to look like. What do you dream about? The more we can think about it, the more it will come true. So these are some things that you can think about that will help you create your vision. And then I was going to be like, side note, if we want to do another podcast on visions, that will definitely be a good one. Oh, I love <laughs> um, it. So <laughs> she's like, heck yeah. So <laughs> these are the things. I'll go slowly in case somebody, if you guys want to write it down. Think about your best experiences in life. So when you're creating a vision and you think about kind of what you want your future to look like, what has brought those positive experiences in the past? What brings you joy? What are your core values? What are things that are really important to you? Those are important. A core value, AKA, I will never sacrifice my date night with my husband. I will always have a bottle of wine with him on Sunday nights. I will always have girls that, you know, those are core values in a sense, right? We are not willing to sacrifice our friendships. Friendships mean a lot to me. This is how I show my friendship. So being realistic and understanding what are your values because you can't change something that's not valuable to you. And if a coach tries to tell you it's supposed to be valuable to you, it's not going to be. So if you're on your own, create those core values that are important to you. What brings you energy, right? What makes you feel alive inside? And then start thinking and writing, you know, keep a journal and it doesn't, your vision doesn't have to come to you overnight. It doesn't have to come to you in one sitting. It might take a month. It might take a year to create a vision because you're just writing things down. You're just like, this made me feel alive today. This hurt me. I didn't like this feeling, you know, and just kind of like, becoming more aware of experiences. It can help you create that vision. Learning about your wellness, right? Go to the doctors, get lab work. What's your blood pressure? You know, get on the scale, get, figure out these data points to just know where you're sitting. Because if you don't know where you're at, how do you know where you want to be? Right? So that's kind of like learning that. And then the pros and cons. Think about all the good things that are going to happen when you create this new lifestyle. And Think about the negative things that are going to happen. You might lose friends. You might not be able to go out as much. You might save more money. (laughs) So, you know, if you really start thinking about all these different things that are going to happen when, when just this one behavior changes, really, it's a spiral or whatever we call that domino effect. That's the word I'm looking for. And then this is my favorite part. And this is my, my kids argue about every day I talk to them because in sports, we talk a lot about visualization. Yeah. And my kids are nine and 13 and they do not believe that if you visualize the basket going in or the ball going in, 
it will make you better because <laughs> they're kids and I'm working on them. But <laughs> as, as adults, I'm telling you all, visualization is huge. It's key. So easiest thing you can do when you go to bed at night, which is your homework for you listeners, close your eyes. And instead of being stressed about whatever you got going on the next day or whatever you naturally think about when you go to bed, or if you have the TV, turn it off, close your eyes and think about that vision. Think about that life. Think about what you look like. Think about what your kids are doing if you have them, what your partner's doing if you have one. Think about your life in a vision that you've been working hard for. And if you go to night, go to bed every night working on that vision, probably going to come true sooner than later, right? Because you're seeing it every night before you go to bed. So don't underestimate imagery and visionary and creation in the mind because the mind is where it starts. Oh, that is so true. That's all I got. Okay, well, I am pumped up. I need to get some goals so I can go crush them. Thank you, Jesse. <laughs> I appreciate you're, your time you today. Rock, you rock. <laughs> yeah, you got me all like, woo. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time, Jesse. Listeners, that's all for this week. You can find all of the MetPro Method episodes anywhere that you get podcasts, or you can also go to metpro.co slash podcast. Please be sure to follow the show and rate and review because that lets other people know what to expect. You can also learn more about MetPro at metpro.co. I'm your host, Crystal O'Keefe, and I will be back next week. Until then, remember, consistency is key.